Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following us on Twitter. If you haven't done that yet, please do, at MetallicaPod. MetallicaPod at gmail.com is also the best way to get in touch with me. Maybe you want to come on the show to review a song, to review a live performance or a TV performance or whatever. As you've noticed here at Alpha Metallica, we're obsessed with content. We're obsessed with chronicling this amazing band. And I'm having an absolute blast doing it. So if you want to come on with me, just email us, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. We've got the Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica. All the content that's on the YouTube channel goes on there first. I try and get Alpha Metallica episodes on there. I tend to record them about a week before, but stuff like this, stuff like my Cliff Em All episode or the episode I did with Dave about MTV Icon or, you know, or my Napster history, all that stuff goes on the Patreon first. If you want to help the show, you want to give back, you want to support, go on to the Patreon. We've got the iTunes as well. Um, leave us a review. That'd be greatly appreciated. We're getting a few reviews here and there. They help to push us up the algorithm. They give me a little ego boost as well. Very, very thankful for that. So yeah, go on the iTunes, we've got the email, we've got the Twitter, we've got all the stuff that I'm shilling at the start of every episode. But um, yeah, today is a series I'm very excited to do. It's a series that I've been thinking about doing pretty much since I kicked off... Um Alpha Metallica. This is us digging into the music videos of the band. The band have a lot of music videos, a lot of interesting ones as well, a lot of kind of um, just intriguing documents really of these songs. You know, it was in that era, they were in that perfect era where money was still used for music videos. They weren't just the, you know, horrible lyric videos that are mostly on YouTube now. These are actually, you know, pieces of art, like the directors that we're going to talk about today are serious, serious artists. So very, very excited to get into this. We're going to be going through in chronological order, kind of going to like divide it by era so today we're doing well obviously there's only one video which is one from justice for all and then we're going to do the five which i can't believe they're all the singles from the black album fuck me um those five videos we're going to do six videos today and then the next episode we'll probably do the load reload era and then say you know etc etc but um yeah you may be aware i don't know if there's any tom queer aficionados out there there's probably not that's very lame that i just said that but this is my third podcast that i've done i actually started another one doing this uh, called watching the watchman so if you're interested in alan moore and Dave Gibbons, absolute masterpiece Watchmen. Check that out. Uh, myself and Battle Rapper Definition are reviewing them issue by issue. Uh, I also do a main one talking to Battle Rap. Battle Rap Resume, that most people will probably be aware of. It's kind of my, you know, Alpha Metallica is very much my echo brain to my Metallica Battle Rap Resume, where I interview Battle Rappers. If the words Don't Flop, King of the Dot, Chiller Jones, if they mean anything to you, if you're interested in combative man poetry, then check out Battle Rap Resume as well. But the point I'm trying to get to is my first podcast where I, you know, where I cut my teeth, where I lost my virginity, where I broke the duck was, it was called Down in the Hole. And it was all about Tom Waits, uh, basically my friend, who I'm going to introduce very, very shortly, my co-host. Uh, me and Sam, we went through the entire discography of Tom Waits. In my opinion, the greatest singer-songwriter of all time. Uh, you know, I'm absolutely enamoured with this guy. We had, we had beautiful, brilliant discussions, you know, whereas this is going song by song. They were more album-based, which is probably the best for Tom Waits. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, me and Sam have done a lot since then. Sam came on for the Injustice for All episode. I'm sure he'll be on for other episodes as well. Sam, how's it going, man? Hello, thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm I'm fucking great right now. It's good to to be back for my tri monthly uh, yeah. Metallica d- d- uh, discussion, I'm and good. it's a. Yeah, you know, it's a pleasure to hear that I haven't tanked the show from my uh, last from my last visit, though. But, you know, congrats on this, your fucking fourth podcast, man. Yeah. I don't think it's, you know, too controversial in saying that this is the best Metallica-based podcast wow. in existence. And as you said to me just the other day, podcasters are the new rock stars. So, yeah. you know, ho- hopefully, you know, this is your black album that kind of takes you into the fucking stratosphere. No, but, you know, you. it. You know, man. Just just from my perspective, it's great to just to hear you your your voice on a, a podcast app where you're not talking about battle rap. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I mean, 
I'm not sure what the Venn diagram of Battle Rap and Metallica fans is, but I'm sure I saw a Metallica t-shirt at that Battle Rap event that you forced me to go to. So you you never know. You never know. Yeah, 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 maybe. I mean, but the problem is Metallica, um, you know, whenever I'm out with my girlfriend shopping and stuff, I always see Metallica shirts, you know, especially in Topshop and places mm-hmm. like that and Mango. Like, it's became this sort of fashion thing to a certain extent, especially the kind of classic logo here. But, you know, we're here to talk about um, music videos, Sam, and yourself and Metallica and music videos. Where does it begin? Well, the thing is, I've actually liked Metallica music videos more than I've liked Metallica. Um, the difference between me and you is that when I was younger, I was absolutely addicted to music video channels like Kerrang! and Skurs because I hadn't really broken into, into torrenting or right. LimeWire or even like buying albums. And kind of like growing up as this ainly retentive shut-in kid, right. um, it was kind of like my first foray into like metal and rock and roll. And this kind of combination of music and imagery definitely kind of left a certain impression of me on the genre and the art form and there were two main channels it was like kerrang and scuzz but there were two issues that kind of bothered me firstly it was mostly the more popular songs and the more music vid- and then you know their music videos got the more lion's share of airplay and the other was the kind of heavier bands the more metal bands wouldn't be shown till after the watershed which is nine o'clock here in the uk mm-hmm. meaning that you know only the more top 40 friendly bands with you know kind of quirky zany music videos were shown so if you turn on the tv you had a 99 percent chance of either seeing what's my age again by blink 182 Li- lifestyles of the rich and the famous by yeah. good charlotte or in too deep by some 41 in too deep was always on <laughs> it was always played it's a great video but it was always it is, on it is it always bothered me though that when they when the guitarist rises out of the water to play that guitar solo the guitar's not plugged in and it's, right, it, right. It, it, it wouldn't work but I mean, it, this this doesn't mean that you never saw the music videos that we're going to discuss today. I mean, Enter Sandman kind of uh, defies and transcends all kind of pop, mm. pop pop culture norms, but they were disproportionately rare. And the, the reason I'm excited to do this episode is because I finally get to watch a lot of these videos that I, I never saw either in their full length or, you know, I was kind of just flicking through. And it, it, it's been one happy binge, really. And I can appreciate them without obnoxious punctuations of One Step Closer by Linkin Park yeah, yeah, and yeah. Last Train Home by The Lost Prophets, uh, the latter which is a band that I pretty much don't want to ever talk talk yeah, talk about again. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> um, uh, well, I was going to say, Danny o- o- O'Gorman, who's your kind of... Um, my foil. Pom- yeah, you're a po- you're a podcast thumb thumbnail king. Your battle rap re- resume um, kind of free 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 frequent guest. Our both joint best friend. Yeah, he actually he actually hugged Ian Watkins, which is kind of like a, a crazy wow, story. Wow, but, wow. Ian Ian yeah, wants kids. I mean, we Ian need to wants just, kids. We need yeah. to sidestep this completely. You know, we're, we're talking about Metallica, but but let's not forget. You know what the band were up, were up against though, because like no metal bands were doing anything like what Metallica were doing. They were real like, trailblazers in terms of this kind of genre having a music video, and you know in 1989 um you know it was the realm of pop music and you know what what was one going up against we have like smooth criminal by michael jackson a fully funded mini movie of flawless execution then you've got uh, express yourself by madonna directed by none other than fucking david fincher yeah so you know no black album or no black album the competition is fierce i mean also you, you know you've also got aerosmith's love it in an elevator so it is swings and roundabouts to some degree but the point is, is that music videos had come into their own and there was a standard. And the thing is, like, what I've noticed about Metallica after getting the DVD of all of their music videos, which I actually bought for you whilst I was actually unemployed, but you turned down because, and I quote, you didn't have a DVD player. What, who has a DVD player in 2017? Like, <laughs> it, is, it is great, though, because Metallica take these videos very seriously. They aren't hacks who are trying to look hip or cool or relatable. 
and they are consistently trying to make something interesting and creative each time they produce one very much in the same way that metallica, each metallica song or album is a statement from the band wherein you know there'll, there'll be one or two sounds or lyrics that will get stuck in your head and the music videos do the same thing each video has at least one distinct visual obviously the the concert footage one's less so but that you know there's rarely ever concert uh, concert footage that is that distinctive any, anyway one thing that i can say though is that you can't call any of these music videos boring no and and that's what they have to do you know during this point in 1989 they have a product to sell there's that great um video on youtube where it's like you know why doesn't mtv play music videos any, anymore and and it is because our generation decided to to steal music hmm. and and back then that there was always an album behind it and it would always help sales but yeah uh, shall we just dive in yeah so i mean as i say we're going to be going through each video and of course we start with one which is an unbelievable piece of work <laughs> yes. it is it is you know I, I look this is a metallica podcast I, i'm fucking i'm sucking metallica's dick every episode you know i think they're incredible but i think this is a fantastic fantastic piece of work and i just want to do a little bit of um background context it kind of reminds me of the old tom waits days sam mm-hmm. we always used to have all our quotes ready and all our authors talking about them and with this you know with this uh music video in particular there is quite a lot behind it so uh directed by bill pope and uh michael mm-hmm. solomon which we'll get onto in a second it was filmed in in December 1988 in Long Beach, California. It premiered uh, very soon after, actually, uh, January 22nd, 1989. And, you know, Lars was interviewed about the music video and he said, quote, if it had been crap, we wouldn't have put it out. That was a deal, but it worked so well, we thought, sure, why not? And Kirk was also asked about this and he said, we never said that we wouldn't do a music video because, as you say, there was this sort of standard there and this was very, like, a, you know, compared to, like, like, you say Love in an Elevator or anything like that, like, none of them had an artistic bent like this one and Kirk was saying, it's often misperceived. Our attitude was that videos sucked and we weren't going to make some fucking thing with a bunch of chicks dancing around and us driving Ferraris <laughs> down Sunset Strip, which is, I mean, I think they're thinking about Girls, Girls, Girls and probably hundreds of other videos by Rat or other shitty bands. There was a lot of those at the time, but it came to the point where we could make a video and that wasn't that or we could make one not at all so we ended up making a video that so much was not that and apparently the band was turned down by a succession of top draw uh, video directors before coming with an arrangement from with michael solomon who had previously worked with dolly parton and glenn campbell and michael would say quote at the time there wasn't much interest among big directors to get involved with metallica they were thought of as a fringe group they brought me in to give the whole thing shape they realized the project was an editorial job because they wanted to use so much of the movie they probably saw it as a logistical nightmare that they could just dump in my lap and this is one of the great things about the uh, the music video isn't it sam mm-hmm. that it has that incredibly evocative film footage for out yeah like i mean despite how badass the song is it has to be one of the bleakest music videos of all time mm. and the general idea is that you know it it's the band playing in a warehouse which is kind of a staple of music videos and whatever but it is interspliced with footage from a movie adaptation of the book johnny got his gun mm-hmm. which is a very kind of iconic anti-war novel written by uh, Don, uh dalton trumbo um, yeah brian cranston yeah um it, that, that was a biopic from last year actually it was it was written in 1938 he was a famous blacklisted hollywood screenwriter for being a, a, a communist but then he directed that movie he directed his own book adaptation yes. which is which, which is quite which is quite a rare uh, a, a rare thing actually but you know it's written in 38 so it's written in this kind of pre-world war ii era where there is this bitter distaste for the needless loss of life that is you know it it, it it's just so perfect for metallica's own mm. political leanings and anti-authoritarian mindset and of course the lyrics written by hitfield you know reference the book directly and you know obviously i'm gonna let you discuss more about that kind of stuff on your one ep- episode which is yeah. probably scheduled for, for 2019 now it's a long way away I, yeah 
I I imagine. But you know, we're very lucky to start off this series here. I mean, I'm going to start doing a um, a Paul McCartney videography, very very similar similar to this. Do you of, do a Paul McCartney podcast, Sam? I I do a Paul oh, McCartney right. podcast, Tom. I will plug it at the end because yes, yes. we're talking about 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 Metallica. Um, but we are starting off with the good stuff. Like mm. usually, a band's first music video is something that is to cringe over in years to come. And I'm glad Metallica kind of jumped in balls deep and they and they hit the ground running because this is one of the greatest music videos of all time. Yeah. And I can remember this video watching it as a wee nipper as clear as I can remember my fourth birthday party or helping trash your tent in France 2010. <laughs> These personal references are great. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. But like, I remember being sat in front of this massive TV that I'm sure my dad couldn't actually afford. Right. And then there was just something so instantly arresting about this quiet buildup of disturbing combat noise going on in the background and the surgeons describing these horrible injuries that I hear are sustained. And there's that screeching artillery shell that comes down and it just, goes into this like wonderfully mesmerizingly cool thing and just the food it's you know obviously the food itself is is just horrifying like mm. it just shows the tragedy of a man who's not only lost his arms and legs but his eyes and ears and tongue and it's it's so intimately desperate that you that you, that you, you can just tell that the band obviously resonated with the source material for uh, you know for a long time and they're probably itching to kind of get this out there and it must be said that as a separate entity and a work of art, the insertions of the dialogue throughout the video are also masterfully done. Yep. You don't really see this. Um, they hardly detract from the song at all, if at all. And it can be argued that the so- parts of the song that they obscure um, are, you know, bits that, you know, aren't completely necessary. Like they don't ob- obscure. Right. And it, Obviously, it makes you go out and buy the record as well. And it's just got this molasses layer of thick dread and helplessness in its its atmosphere. And I love how you can tell that the band went through the film, picked out key phrases that meant something to them that were perfect for the composition. Mm -hmm. Like you've got, what is democracy? It's yeah. with young men killing each other, I think. Mm. Uh, for democracy, every man would give his only begotten son. I don't know whether I'm alive or dreaming, dead or remembering. Help me, mother, I have a nightmare I can't wake up. He is the armless, legless wonder of the 20th <laughs> century. And then there's a, if I had arms, I could kill myself. If I had legs, I could run away. Mm. And I've just I've just reviewed a hard, a hard Day's Night on that podcast that I totally don't do. Yeah. And there's this quote from Roger Ebert where he says, um, obviously, when you watch a music video now you are watching the children of a hard day's night and it's pretty interesting how every metal and hard rock video in one form or another is the child of one you can see this um another uh, weird correlation with a hard day's night is that it, it has the overdone trope of having the first student project shall we say being filmed in black and white but here it's actually quite uh, artistically uh, merited because it it you know it's, it, it's obviously it's very it's very dark it has these wonderful contrasting light sources but you can even like extrapolate it further and say like it, it's obviously hearkening back to that black and white era that that was the first world war mm. like there is nothing about this video that is cheesy like no. you can argue that um and and Sandman has a cheesiness sure. and a corniness but it's self-aware this has to be taken seriously and it is very very serious like it it's so horrifying and you know um when it when it goes you know kind of slows down and it goes quiet and it goes that that um doctor a president mm-hmm. man, 
oh, the last say, like, it syncs up so perfectly with the hero Joe banging his head in yeah. Morse code in that desperate attempt to communicate his own desire to die. Like, you, you, I can't imagine the film without this song, and I can't imagine the song without this film. It creates this weird uh, in, interspecies kind of parasitic. Yeah, sort of a symbiosis, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, come on you must like this Hang it. how how long can we talk about how great this 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 video is yeah yeah it's unbelievable and i totally agree it's kind of the the film and the song you you cannot imagine it and i'm pretty sure that you know when they play it live metallica often use clips from the film i think they mm-hmm. bought the rights to the film actually because they didn't want to pay royalties when they were yeah, using which, that which, which, which is so um telling of how rich they got well yeah it's so metallica <laughs> they, they could they could just do i mean to be fair they're not buying casablanca they're buying like an old donald trumbo film but still they are they are buying a film and you know yeah, you, yeah. You, you mentioned the move before and um the director was saying about that kind of that relationship between the ma- that the major issue was finding the right balance between band performance and film footage quote it's a complicated story and to do it with just one or two sound bites here and there wouldn't really have made it the musician side of them said this being metallica that's not cool we don't get to hear the music but i think they realized though that the story element was important and you're right like a lot of the solos and a lot of the kind of interludes and stuff that's where the kind of dialogue goes over but it's metallica we know what they are and it's just it's just some of the imagery as well, like all of them dancing and enjoying themselves and then him just in the bed. And that final shot panning out as he's just lost there. It's haunting. S-O-S, help me. It's it's really depressing. It's so sad. And it should be noted that there is no part of the song that isn't, and the, and, and, and the video, that isn't truly iconic or interesting. Like all the times that the film footage comes up, is either in like a kind of like a, like, like a lull, like we're saying, the more droning, dirty moments, and you know when it when it comes back, it's something interesting with the band, like it's it's um, Kirk doing some finger tapping or a solo, or the band thrashing their heads with with the best of oh. them. Lars is the star of the video. His face, oh my yeah. god, yeah, like Lars, like he 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 creates that Lars drummer face and. Mm-hmm. He's a very satisfying drummer to watch, and they're very natural on screen straight away, like a hard day's night. Yeah. And you know, obviously, the drums are very so prominent in the mix as well that you can hear and see every third with such beautiful clarity. Mm. And I mean, I will always go back to this song just to watch my own viewing pleasure, anyway, uh, as it has a, a very special place in my heart. As me and Ryan, uh, who you also had on your show for the yeah, battery, yeah, we, we did battery, episode, yeah which was fantastic. Me and him will regularly, when we've smoked far too much weed, we'll do the entirety of this song with our own mouths and we'll mouth it. So I'll kind of go do, do the... And Ryan, will, and Ryan will come in with the... And We'll have to put that on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just becoming so familiar with this melody and the song over the years that I can really appreciate how just perfect the pacing yeah. and the timing of the video is like anyone else who did this and we're going to talk about this with, with a lot of the um, if anyone else had done this it wouldn't have worked only metallica could take such an audacious and bombastic concept and pull it off so flawlessly it it, it really is flawless mm-hmm. and like a music video that's sad and depressing that's not a kind of like a love ballad yeah like it, it's unheard of yeah, yeah. The yeah. only thing I, I do remember that kind of bugged me about this as a child was that um, the dialogue wasn't in the actual song. There's not an actual version on the album. Sure. Like, say if, say, say if, say if there, there was a B-side to the actual single that, that included this um, 
I would have liked it. I mean, there was no copy of this song on LimeWire for my dad to torrent for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, instead in, in, in I had to settle for wonderful music and Kirk shredding instead. But that was the only thing that, that ever bugged me about this song. And whenever it, it appeared on TV, it's like The Wizard of Oz or Jaws or Jurassic Park where you just stop and you watch it. Mm. It's like, oh my God, this is... You know, there's that Congress of Art that is kept in a ice Arctic vault somewhere for like future generations. This video should definitely be there, even though that this is probably not their most famous or their most iconic video. It is their best. It yeah. is the, the, the most yeah, well-realized yeah. piece of art. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely the best Metallica video. Uh, no, no doubt about it. And you know, people seem to know that pretty soon on. It premiered on MTV on the night. Um, um, the manager of MTV was actually, uh, sorry, the manager of Metallica, Cliff Bernstein, was told by an MTV executive that the only place they'd see it would be on the news because they just like this isn't, you know, this isn't what we normally put on. But they put it on on the night of the second of January, say 1989, on that week's edition of the Headbangers <laughs> Ball, and it instantly became the most requested video on MTV. And just getting into the the cinematography i love that opening of the far off bomb blast that muted blue color the fan light james yeah. just standing there he's low slung you know he's got the handlebar mustache as well but he's got an explorer there and there's loads of focus it's like on the drums on fretboards as well there's a real intimacy to what they're capturing yeah no no and like the footage of the movie is very grainy and grisly mm. but the footage of the band is so clear and it has this perfect clarity but it's it's shot without any fancy bells and whistles it's presented in a very matter-of-fact style and a lot of the videos do do this where there's there's no jiggery pokery it's just you appreciate the band for being the band they're they're, they're not kind of trying to goofily pretend to be actors or, any, or, or anything mm. i'm looking at you fucking bleak 182 trying right. to be actors yeah, yeah they're, and, pop, they're pop punk guys like just be a band like right. you know ugh. anyway you get your value for money because, you know, no band thrashes like Metallica. No band stands with their legs apart like Metallica. And no band like, throws their hair around with such thrilling veracity. What's what's so clear as well is that how natural they are on film straight away. Mm. They are that they are definite performers. They have a stage presence. They're not like some sort of some quite like Morrissey figure where they're just going to be standing, looking off into the distance, looking wistful. They have fun being there to entertain people and that just comes across yeah yeah and i lots of things that i like in this i, I like what you, i agree what you're saying it's a very sparing kind of um, way they're documenting but there is an overhead shot of lars's kit that occasionally gets mm-hmm. cut to as well which just gives you a bit more of a because it is it's kind of metallica being a little tongue-in-cheek because this warehouse is where like you know loads of people have recorded music videos b- prior to them and it's a warehouse you know it's such a classic environment but they're mm-hmm. playing it to such a gorgeous juxtaposition there just very very beautiful the way it's shot as well and i like um you only see it for a brief moment but it's been it's a gif uh and it gets used loads in metallica oh, really? where they're all headbanging three of them together yeah, 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 and yeah all in sync oh i love that it's so powerful and like a lot of metallica songs you know it has the slower beginning then about three minutes in we really kick into the fresh element there and like you say the darkness imprisoning me uh, it goes across and he talks about being a piece of meat that keeps on living as well in this mm-hmm. section and it 
it's just it's just an unbelievable piece of work i've never seen uh, please comment below if you know of any examples of this a, a video that as you say incorporates film to such a high degree you know it's not like a yeah. video of a film which just ha- like the american pie music videos that'll just have stiffler in between some chords or something it's like yeah, you know, yeah, an yeah. actual actual real piece of work and you know the reputation of this precedes itself it was ranked 38 on mtv's 100 greatest music videos it was ranked number one on fuse's number one countdown rock and roll hall of fame special edition so you know, confused. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's got yeah. some um it's got some crazy crazy reputation and kirk was saying actually after it got released quote mm-hmm. i remember watching the video for the first time and thinking wow this is like nothing else that's on mtv right now i can't believe they're actually playing it that night was mind-blowing to me i remember sitting there on the night watching mtv and all this crap was playing and then our video came on when it was over the vj came on and said wow that's depressing on a happier note here's huey lewis in the news <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'd love to see that footage because it must be there. <laughs> it must exist. I'd love to see that guy doing it. And um, there's another interesting article from uh, Rebeat Mag. Uh, this is written by James Ryan. It's called Fantasia Obscura, How the Real Life Trombo Influenced Metallica, saying, quote, The performance of this song live being one, incorporating scenes and sound clips from the film, also became a crowd pleaser, and Metallica embraced the film, which in the normal course of business entitled the rights holders to the movie. When the band's license for the use of the film came to the end of its term to charge a higher fee, much like an artist who secures synchronization rights from a songwriter when doing a cover, Metallica bought the film. So yeah, and apparently they secured a DVD release for it as well. So oh, you know, thank, it kind oh, of thank, thank you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. Be- because before that, it was an obscure movie. I'm not sure how they found out about it, but I want to watch it. Have you seen it? Um, it would be good for a Patreon uh, review show. I mean, yeah, like a mini yeah, sort yeah. of 20, 20, 25 minute episode. It, it's probably okay. Yeah. Um, it looks like one of those films where the themes and the overarching kind of meta narrative is yeah. better than the actual story. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The big problem with this video, though, is that it makes I Disappear look like dog shit. Oh. Because, I mean... Uh, yeah, that's true, actually. You can compare the two, can't you? Both incorporate movie footage. But... Yeah, and, and like, probably... Mission Impossible is probably a worse movie. Um, I can't believe uh, Metallica did a... Like a soundtrack song for a, a Tom Cruise film. I know, like, it, like it makes sense, kind of like on paper for a business executive, but for, but for anyone who knows the band, it's like, oh my god! Like, imagine if Metallica did um, a song for The Mummy that just came out this year. Like, oh god, it would be terrible. But yeah, you can't harp on about how good the song is enough. No, and no. incredible, iconic, iconic doesn't even cover it really. Yeah, yeah. and. What was it? Thirty-eight? Did you say it was only number thirty-eight on MTV's best? Something best like that. Yeah. It, um, it, I'm just looking on a few other things here. It, it, it was declared one of the top seventy-five videos of all time in Rolling Stone's critics that's, poll, that's fine, which that's is fine. which is pretty huge. Directed by Michael Solomon, as we say, who like his credits are kind of weird. Like he's done a lot of big things. They're like Garth Brooks, Madonna, Mick Jagger. It's all country, isn't it? Yeah, all it's country. pretty much all country guys and stuff like that, which is you know fine, I guess. But you know, one, it's I'm not, sure. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not going to be like this. You know, I think it's going to be celebrating what war do, what you know the war that won the <laughs> Christ. this film in a dolly parton video yeah, it like... doesn't uh, <laughs> no <laughs> that is not a way to make a living definitely it's barely a way of living but um it's a uh... yeah it's an incredible thing and it just whenever i watch it it just really sticks to me like there's just certain scenes as well like there's certain when he's going off to war and there's like everyone celebrating and stuff and it just plays with those high notes so well i just they they, they made a masterpiece what else can we say it's a masterpiece one yeah, you re- um, and 
it's it's very watchable as well you can go back and, and just watch it purely for the visual spectacle and splendor like when when you go to film school people always talk about the cinema of attraction the cinema of attraction and this attracts you so well like i'm like i have to watch this i want to go back i want to see what every image is juxtaposed against yeah. i want to when it's there and why and if i'm honest i'm less interested about the director of this than the editor this is yeah. an editor's dream yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just done so so perfectly but shall we uh, move on to the big album shall yes we, we should we should i just just one final point i like how on metallica's youtube channel the thumbnail of the one video is the free surgeons in their sort of alien garb <laughs> looking down on you as the sort of soldier it's a it's a very good choice but yeah of course we get to enter sandman which again yeah. is a brilliant video i had a lot yeah. a lot of fun yeah watching this i think it's a fantastic video this was filmed in june 1991 in la uh directed by wayne isham it was premiered on july 30th 1991 just a quick bit on wayne isham who's directed tons and tons very of interesting chap isn't he he's, yeah. he's he's got a wide breadth of uh, music videos ton of bon jovi um mm-hmm. done megadeth as well he's done some more metallica we're going to get to him again he did lots of their black album stuff as well backstreet boys i want it that way he did he did some nsync Cheryl was it, Crow. Yeah, was it a total of another five Metallica videos he he did? I believe so, yeah. I think he did, but, yeah. dude, nothing's going to come close to his video for Living Davida Loca. That's though, true. That's, true. That's a classic. That's a classic. Yes, but, it, it, um... it, it, it's a very good video, but he actually won the coveted, the coveted MTV Music Video Award for Best Rock Video. I mean, what an honor, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, Metallica must have been bowled over. But yeah, he, um, there's this definitely more directed. This mm. is obviously it doesn't have the film footage to to fall back on. And like I say, whilst one might be their best, this is their most iconic and famous because it's the commercially viable behemoth that it is. Mm. You know, anyone who is familiar with the art of music videos, if 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 you want to call it art. You know, you have you may have seen this purely through osmosis. Everything about this video is painfully memorable and iconic and archetypal and all of those words that fail to kind of fully convey how deeply this video has penetrated the pop culture zeitgeist. I mean, you know, just just give us a what, what is a brief overview of of what this video is, Tom? Well, it's kind of capturing a kid, you know, in his dreams, in his nightmares, and what he experiences. And what it does so well for me is when you when you when you're trying to recall a dream, multiple things are happening at once, and yes. there's multiple layers of experience. You know, like I guess Inception captured that very very well. And you get this: the strobe light becomes like a sort of portal between these worlds. So we have the band shirtless, grimacing, <laughs> you know. Close up on the fretboards again, and the fretboard here becomes a metaphor for the like the labyrinth, the maze that we're experiencing. <laughs> and I just, I the, the imagery is so fucking brilliant. Like it opens yes. with him sitting on a bed, um, just kind of desolate on a street, and then we get a right close up of Hetfield's finger. And I like how the symbol crashes are timed to the pulsive of the light as well. So we get this yes. sort of moving in, moving out, moving in, moving out, and just. You know, him drowning, him covered in snakes, the old man. It's just this onslaught of very yeah. memorable, Fall, very evocative. down the cliff, falling oh, the cliff off the building. Is and then, obviously, you've got the jizz money shot that is the 16-wheeler truck yeah. smashing through the kid's bed. Yeah. And you are you are right it does play like a real dream it, it, it's not one big dream sequence with him running in slow motion yeah. it's it's this flashing fleeting non sequitur sequence where you can only kind of half remember the things when you actually awaken yeah and it i love how it starts off with the kid in the bed like i said because it starts off as you would expect it to 
mm. and it just starts going weirder and weirder and weirder and you and you can just tell it's very noticeable how it's a perfect realization of the song and how obviously um like it, it has this potential for visual splendor that lies at the heart of its lyricism i mean when hector was writing this he was gagging begging for this to be turned into a music video and everything that he sings about is either referenced directly or indirectly in the song perfectly yeah. now i mean I'm not sure what kind of nightmares you have. I mean, my personal nightmare would be you having Paul McCartney on this show as as, as a guest. But do, have you ever had like a recurring nightmare or anything? Not, not really. No, I mean, this is kind of playing on the classic tropes of the nightmare. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know, I like how the Sandman is a kind of menacing figure. We first see the sand falling out of his hands, and then as the you know, we get the money riff of of Enter Sandman, because Enter Sandman, you know, is a builder. He doesn't really kick in for a minute or so. It's a very fun song, listening, but it definitely the riff grows and i love how the bone and with that the old man turns his face to you and it's just you know it's so powerful it is i mean that was one of the things i was probably disappointed about when i first watched this video that that the sandman wasn't a a, weird image yeah Yeah, a monster it is literally just an old man and i mean it's it's quite funny because i mean i just wonder what the uh what the casting agent said like you know wanted wrinkliest ugliest old old dude wanted to play the embodiment of children's nightmares like he is scary but i would have liked something a little weird that's that's the only criticism i i have but weirdly um you do see what looks like the sandman sat by the kid's bed Mm. as he says his goodnight prayer so is this his dad his uncle a, a, a grandfather is is it trying to go for the old you know humans are the real monsters like i'm not saying is the kid being abused or anything but like maybe like his dad is the real monster and that's what the kid fears and it is like there are so many iconic images like like i say the 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 bed full of snakes that that's a very yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and then he wakes up the snakes aren't on him but then he looks under his bed there's loads of snakes it's like yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like that that blurring of reality and fiction it's so christopher fucking nolan isn't it it is it is and it is. i would say that this that this is all epileptic's least favorite metallica video like it always the, came with the warning on kerrang didn't it it yeah, there, there, it, it, there was only two songs on Kerrang that had this warning. Can you tell me the other song that had the warning? The, is it is it a fact? It's a big video, is it? It's a '90s song, kind of. Um, well, actually, the lead singer just died recently. The lead singer, ju- what? It's not. Uh, oh, Black Hole Sun. Black Hole Sun. Oh yes! my God. Oh. Rest in peace, Chris Cornell. What a legend. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. That is sad. Um, yeah, just just to go back to the old man. He's actually quite famous. I don't know if you're aware. Um, R. G. Armstrong. He's an American actor and playwright. He was a veteran character actor. Oh my God. Who, he appeared in dozens of westerns over the course of his 40 year career. His Wikipedia page is unrecognizable. He's actually him in 1960s. Him 30 years old. He died in 2012. 95 he was. So uh, brilliant age. He's most famous for his work with Sam Peckinpah. Um, director but yeah i'm looking okay. at his kind of imdb so many westerns white lightning race with the devil um the beast with it you know all these whatever sort of things but yeah it's the images for me and one of the most abiding images is him falling into the bed um it, down, down yeah, the alleyway off, off the building into back into his own bed to wake up that's what happens in dreams mm. like like the like the uh, the director what, uh, what was his name again um wayne isham wayne isham he is 
clearly like he has sat with Metallica and he hasn't really said like you know what of your night nightmares it, it isn't personal like that like you know like like I said this is the archetypes but there there, there are those little touches that make you, you know what yeah that kind of is how a real dream plays and going back to that kind of flashing light effect it is cool to watch as it plays up the elements of dream as it is kind of a shift in reality like the band exists outside of our frame rate interpretation of mm. this dimension like they appear as these phantoms that don't move but as a series of frightening still images yeah. Yeah. and hetfield chews the scenery perfectly <laughs> by inhabiting this inner some kind of monster if if right. you will and I mean, you can tell me to fuck off right now, but the lowered frame rate in this video is interesting to me as it does mirror the lower beats per minute that the band were undertaking. Dude, I, I studied English literature. That's fine. Yeah, like, that, yeah. that is not going like, far like, enough. Like, the band were going from thrash to metal, and this lower frame rate does kind of signify that for me in a very kind of anal way. But yeah. What, what, what we'll say, the definitive visual palette that made up Metallica's image was forever immortalized in this in this video like some biblical carvings into stone we have james and his bestial glory gate like i say full topless with this ridiculous hair that makes this impossible trapezoid shaped mane right. and he, he's so werewolf like and he animalistic is. and he is a wolf of man <laughs> he is the beast under your bed <laughs> on, on screen and it's it, it's clear that you know this video after you know sorry after two years that headfield is is the great frontman that mm. he is and i will say i was disappointed that the rest of the band don't get as much of a showcase in this one i don't think we see jason newstead's face at all you do you do see it I, maybe i'm just more trained to look out for old jason but okay. you you do you do see his face there but yeah you are right it is more of a hetfield show um than a lot and why not you know he is he is one of the things i want to point out that i appreciate that you won't kind of realize this sam but um our listeners might obviously metallica and megadeth the histories are always twinned megadeth released a live record i think it's in 2002 called rude awakening if you look at the album cover it's literally that thing from enter sandman where the guy's falling down the alley this time he's in his bed and he's falling but it's just a direct copy i don't know whether that was them sort of saying fuck you they had this animosity relationship but you know it's interesting to point out that comparison and you know throughout here it's the motifs something we haven't touched upon that's quite prevalent is water um in in the video loads early on there's a shot of the water where you just see the kids arms kind of struggling but you don't see him you don't know how deep it is there is a lot of pov and that does immerse you a lot more um very much like the opening shot of that classic um dustin hoffman film the the graduate it does start with him drowning and you don't have to be a film student to understand how scary drowning is like, right, as, right, right. as as michael kane said you know it's 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 agony and like <laughs> <laughs> just it i would i mean one is perfect as a piece of art but probably not a perfect music video sure this is a perfect music video in terms of what it sets out to do it's visually arresting it's memorable it's it's hilariously badass and it's fun it's yeah it's really, really fun, fun. Yeah, yeah and it does all of that with creativity to spare like they they could have done a whole film with this energy and this pep and obviously they saved the film for the next song mm. and it's 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 wonderfully short like it's it flies by it really does 
It really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the music just works well as well. Like when you have him falling, you know, off the side of the building is when the solo is climaxing. And then, yeah. when it, and then when he's doing the prayer, it's a bit more. The old man's in the bed as well. And just, just little, little things as well. I love how there's a shot of him falling into water and his feet are trying to touch the bottom and they can't. And the next thing is him running on the highway. And it's just, you know, and that truck as well. You can't help but think of Terminator 2. Can Terminator you know, 2, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. actually didn't come out for two years. Right. So, you know, okay. you have to wonder whether maybe James James Cameron saw, saw something. Maybe, but... maybe. Yeah, it kind of looks like Edward Furlong, the kid as well, doesn't he? He has a little bit of him at times, but... Maybe. He's nowhere near as annoying and ugly, but that, yeah. That's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I love the sort of sense of the flickering, the sense of going back and forth. And we end, as we began, really, on just the weary Sandman's face, just sort of staring out until just full darkness engulfs you, I guess, going mm. to sleep or dying or whatever that recommends, you know. And he turns away as well. As he turned to us at the kick of the rift, he turns to his right. We end. And it, uh, what a ride this video is. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Thriller is fantastic. Obviously, Michael Jackson is the king of music videos at this time. You can't take that away from him. But give me this over that any any time. And the, again, like one, the way the song and the video merge together in this symbiotic relationship is unparalleled, really. Like mm. The way the pacing and the timing just works on a level that is quite hard to describe, really. It is. It is. Is there any, any closing thoughts on Enter Sandman? Uh, take my hand. We're off to Never Neverland. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we get to the next video, and I should say, uh, dear listeners, we are going for the extended version of Unforgiven. I actually wasn't really aware until doing this research that there was these two, you know, versions. <laughs> this is the longer, sort of eleven-minute one. This was filmed uh, again in LA in September '91, released in November '19, '1901, uh, premiered, I should say, um, and uh, directed by Matt Mahurin, who Sam he has kind of a uh, an odd connection for us considering our first podcast right yeah i mean look obviously i'm not the metallica expert that you are slowly turning into in your kind of thrash chrysalis but there was something funny about the name of this director of this movie that kept bugging me and niggling away at me until it it kind of clicked and in a rather poetic case of serendipity the reason I know about this director of this music video that we are discussing on this podcast is because we have discussed this director on a podcast before. Well, not quite discussed, Tom. Do you remember yeah. when we used to write articles yes. for, for Down in the Hole? And if you remember, you would write kind of six out of ten of them. Yeah. And in those off weeks where you would be like, you know, doing d- doing some spoken word poetry or right. something, <laughs> I, I I would write the uh, one, and it was the top ten or top eleven best Tom Waits music videos. Mm. And Matt Mahurin is the, is the director of not one, not two, but three Tom Waits music videos. Namely, Hold On, What's He Building in There, oh. which we didn't even know was a music video. Yeah. And Danny's favorite, Hell Broke Loose. Hell Broke Loose. Yeah. So, Matt Mahurin is 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 iconic really he has appeared in like the new york times and time magazine he's a very visual artist he's more known as a you know um, an on paper artist shall we say but what matt mahone does in this video is very interesting indeed and i hate to use the word interesting because it's kind of like nice and good and said and talk and stuff like that Mm. but essentially this video is the true sequel to one in terms of its audacious themes and how and well, and it, it's it's kind of color palette as well because you know, I mean, even though you know the crystal clear black and white photography of one is now been replaced with this kind of gritty and dirty, worn down look, has a lot less clarity to it. But 
the video and obviously like i say we're going to be talking about the extended version but we, sh- we will compare it to the short the short version mm. but it's quite a jarring cock tease in the sense that when you start off we we have, you know, this dank monochromatic world with this emaciated, solitary little boy. And we have the spaghetti western acoustic riff playing over the top of it. Mm-hmm. And then the song seemingly kind of out of nowhere fades out before the vocals and the, and the drums kick in. And we're just left with this chillingly empty sequence of background noise that slowly kind of descends into this cacophonic white noise dirge that, you know, coupled with the black and white imagery is very reminiscent of David Lynch's Magus Opus that is a Razorhead. And it does share that kind of same nightmarish quality. And unlike the last music video, there is much more story-wise going on here. Yeah. So we'll have to do a, a you know, forgive me, I'll, I'm going to do a little bit of a play-by-play of the imagery on screen here. But we, we, we have this wee lad that's trapped in this kind of huge complex by unseen forces. And the one thing he has in his possession is a pocket watch. And basically all this introduction is just for us to see how bleak this kid's future seems. And, you know, we're introduced to... a a childhood sweetheart who lives with him in, in this kind of future dystopia and there's loads of random imagery scattered throughout all of this but then he finally climbs into this drainage pipe he, he climbs in and for the rest of the of the video he's he's clearly found this nook this cranny in this world where he's carving a window to make a break for his freedom and over the course of the song he ages depressingly into this withered old man mm. and after years of carving this thing he manages to bring down this stone tablet letting in the light of freedom into the room and then this other figure is introduced this equally old almost demonic old man maybe he's a fellow prisoner a crazy man maybe he's the oppressor maybe a guard begins to make his way over to our hero to try and prevent his escape and there's and, and, and there's so much metaphor here that we that we'll get onto shortly but he uses the block of stone that he's carved out and blocks the tunnel, sealing in the other man. And our hero grabs his pocket watch, which has now become buried in the dusts of time from carving out this hole. But before our hero can lift himself out, he lays down and dies. And it's got this tragic ending. And Matt Mahurin, he he's just the the master of visual imagery. You know, going back to Tom Waits and Hellbrook Loose, when Tom's pulling that house, he's pulling the house behind him. And just there's always these evocative images. And as an audience member, you're forced to buy the film to ask a series of questions like who are these two children why are they imprisoned where are they imprisoned who's keeping them there did he want to escape did he just want to see the light of day in the outside world did he die of old age did the carrying the stone you know ironically kill him with exhaustion and many more but the truth of the matter is tom is that a there really aren't any specific answers and b it doesn't matter a bit like i have no doubt that there was some definitive narrative put forth by the band to or or put forth by the director here but it's obscured in this visually dramatic symbolic imagery and music videos always have and always will throw visuals at the screen to see what sticks and just let the audience interpret it at will this means if it's done right and believe me you know mahone's craft works effortlessly we'll take something away that's different from any from anyone else away from this video not that i'm saying there's a massively broad amounts of wiggle room here um, you know I, I don't think this is about communism or society or anything but the reason this 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 works is that it seamlessly slots into the themes and overarching concepts of the unforgiven you know what matters is that this song and video is about a young man he's trapped He's held against his will and the triumph is not in the success of his jailbreak, but the will of defiance and the attempt to resist oppression. And it conveys that perfectly. I don't really like this video. 
Oh, after all that build up, I've got to say, I think it's, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think it's, um, it's kind of pretentious. Yeah, I think it's kind of empty. Like, like I appreciate the sort of imagery. For me, it feels very much something like if you went to Tate Modern, there'd be a video installation and this would be spread across 90 CRTs in an empty room or something. And it's just, like, it's fine. It reminds me a little of Machinarium. I don't know if any of our listeners are aware of that classic 2010 PC click and point um, steampunk game. It's yeah. fine. It's very Anton. What was that guy that uh, Waits always used to collab with? Anton Corbin or whatever his name was. It kind of, you know, I don't mind it. And I think it's quite visceral in parts and it's quite moving but i think all in all it's not one it's not enter sandman it, it works for the song but it doesn't it's not one that i re- it's probably my least favorite of the six we're talking about today oh really oh okay, okay. um i'd say it's probably i mean uh, probably my fifth favorite but right. yeah about four minutes in the song you know after the song has faded out about five minutes into the video we get back into the music and the song pretty much begins afresh, which is weird as as, as well. It starts over. So yeah, so the, the extended, we should say, it's kind of it's kind yeah. of like a prequel, isn't it, to the main video? Yeah, and what I think this is is that it's, the opening spaghetti westerns have kind of reels you in with the promise of a Metallica song, but the director kind of needed to give us that expositional backstory to allow us to have enough information to kind of truly feel the gut-wrenching tragedy of the hero's existence. The shortened version, for me, really misses out on the emotive connection, and we don't get the, you know, to fully comprehend how long this kid has spent in this hellhole. Um, like I say, I actually didn't know that this was an extended video until you sent me a Facebook message literally yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> while I was at work but I'll, I'll agree with you some of the stuff is a little too on the nose for my taste like um, there's a very uh, literal interpretation of the lyrics in Enter Sandman but it has this kind of corny Fantasia quality where it, it plays that up but here it's a very much a play by play of the lyrics rather than building upon them mm. like for example literally the moment uh, Hepfor sings the old man bam he's a young man <laughs> and he's this decrepit prisoner yeah. and and there's this one image that really doesn't work for me because it's been done before mm. and that's the the image of the kid climbing through the poster I mean you you do not get bonus points for guessing which movie this rips off because it's everyone's I'm 12 years old and I've just seen the Shawshank Redemption. Right, now it's my right, favorite right. movie kind of movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cool fucked up image on the poster is great. Um, I mean, that's about it for me. It does work as a piece of art. It isn't as evocative as one. It isn't as fun as Enter Sandman. And it kind of just exists in this world where Metallica, again, they're trying to do something different and they do succeed there. I think the, the overall objective of the video kind of works. Does the tone of the song match this kind of music video? Mostly. I don't think the opening of this, of the song, you know, they go do, 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 do. It really doesn't match the video at, at all. It, it feels quite jarring and weird and almost distasteful to some degree. Um, one of the weird images though, is about in the nine minute mark you see the little girl flashing on screen and i didn't think of this this way till i saw it in the comment section on youtube but mm. kind of looks like the girl hangs herself right okay yeah i mean um, people um, send tom thousands of emails <laughs> if, if you can but it looks like she kind of drops a little bit 
Um, I don't really know what's what's going on there. But like I say, this is a video that leaves a lot open to interpretation. Yeah. I'm sure there's lots of art college students that could give you a play-by-play of the plot and events and how this is related to Reagan's trickle-down economics <laughs> right. and, and, and stuff like that. But it's it's not fun. It's just interesting. It is interesting. I, I, I kind of don't even need the music behind it. I could just sort of watch it. Like I don't, I don't really know. It, it's nice. It's nice to see Metallica, you know, kind of branching out even further, you know, mm-hmm. uh, beyond their realms here. But it's just, yeah, it's not, not, not really too much for me here. But there, you know, there's a maturity to it as well. There's a few sort of like cliche images, like the, you know, the sands of time collecting around a stationary <laughs> watch. I was just a bit like, Ooh, okay, and it was all a bit kind of. I don't know, you know, it kind of the the, the wiping, bas- the, yeah, wiping the bloodied hand. Yeah, on the- it had a sort of Basquiat physicality to it that you know something you'd see in a Guggenheim or a, or as I say, in a, in a video installation or something like that. And yeah. th- there's some stuff there. I like. I sh- we should mention as well quickly that um, obviously mm. Mahurin, the director for us, is you know the god for the Tom Waits stuff. But he's probably most known. I didn't realize he was known for this. He's cr- you aware of that O.J. Simpson time cover? Where it's he got made the... him blacker than black, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I know. It's which crazy. is which is bad, really. Yeah, like yeah. kind of looking back. I mean, awful. Yeah, but um, uh, big up uh, American Crime Story, which kind of handled that that yeah, whole yeah, thing yeah, well. Yeah, 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 definitely. Very, and, uh, very, it's very, weird very, that very, the guy who did that directed The Unforgiven, but um, there you go. You know, he did that. He is he... unforgiven for I, that. I, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, uh, most people would have probably seen the normal version. I wonder where they aired the theatrical version because I would eleven. Minutes is a little too long for advertisers to be happy with, you know. Another another YouTube comment said that it was it was introduced by a famous MTV host of the of the time, and they said like we're only going to show this once, which instantly reminds me of the great episode of Itching Scratchy where Scratchy yeah. finally gets itchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is so bad. Yeah, we're never going to show that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't they pl- they plug in the rock tumbler? I believe. Um, yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Good reference. I haven't thought about that Homer in a while. Homer goes to college. One of the best episodes. Homer easily. goes to college is one of the best pieces of popular culture ever. Like, like, like. <laughs> Why does it have to be zany? It's it's <laughs> up there with Watchmen and the One video as uh, you know, kind of a, a, a crown jewel. Um, anything more on the Unforgiven? Um, it it's very very good. It's not it's not as iconic as it thinks it is. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that they kept up the high production value throughout this video. Yeah. So, and- the next video we get to, which is a, a favourite of mine, I remember loving this video, yeah, kid, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. is the Nothing Else Matters video, which is going back to a bit more of a kind of, uh, you know, a homebrewed sort of nature, directed by an Adam Dubin. It was filmed during, obviously, during the recording of the Black Album during Spring 91 in North Hollywood. It premiered February 25th, 1992. I'm a huge fan of these sort of videos, Sam, where the band's in the studio making the song. It's very candid. It's very homely. It's very infectious. Well, having grown up with this music video, Tom, I didn't know that, you know, um, you know until I began uh, research for this show, that the footage used comes from a film called A Year in yeah. the Life oh, of Oh, you need to watch it, man. It's really good. Yeah, you should watch yeah, it. Yeah, like, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to your bonus ep- episode covering it as well. There, there will be. Um, my ri- I say my rivals, but the other big Metallica podcast, well, they're way bigger than me, <laughs> uh, Metal Up Your Podcast, Clint and Ethan. They've already done an episode on that. So maybe I'll do that in a few years' time. Definitely check out their episode. But yeah, no, it's a brilliant thing to check out. I mean, it's, it's a little too long for me, the whole documentary. They kind of go a bit too far. But 
yeah, the majority of footage is from that. And obviously, the Black Album's a classic album, so it's so great. It's like when they have the if they had the crews in the for fucking Sergeant Peppers or Rain Dogs, you know, you get to see mm. it being made right there and then. And there's just loads of nice moments, isn't there, throughout the whole video? Yeah, I mean, look, everything about this music, sorry, everything about this music video is a fantastic contrast to the rest of the videos that we've been covering on this episode. As it gets rid of the pomp mm. and the desire to look cool and replace it with a very wholesome and wonderfully intimate experience, and I love behind the scenes stuff like anyone who's a fan of anything likes how like like, like i say where this this stuff comes from mm-hmm. and just think about metallica and the way that they play their instruments that's just so inherently watchable and again it, it's also a nice contrast to how epic the song is yet the video is very unflashy and down to earth and it has this great peeling back the curtain quality whereby yep. you know it the stuff in the studio is always infinitely more in, in, intriguing than live concert footage. Mm-hmm. I mean, just there's just little things like Lars has these fantastic 80s sweatbands over yeah, his head yeah, yeah. that for some reason goes over his headphones. Yeah, yeah. Well, rather than, yeah, and... Jason's got these like big granny glasses and he's kind of like his odd kind of cut there and there's loads of sort of Jason fucking up there's Jason not quite getting the basketball in there's Jason messing with the <laughs> throwing, pool throwing shot it, uh, over, over his head and yeah yeah and it's just kind of and, and I love seeing James he's rocking that beautiful 12 string SG with a Nosferatu mm-hmm. shirt and they just look fucking dope and like you know it helps that nothing else matters he's a stone cold classic song as well <laughs> it's so good isn't it yeah. obviously you know I appreciate that the song comes from a rather dark place Hetfield's missing his girlfriend. A lot of the band are going through divorces now, and all the other hardships surrounding, you know, Bob Rock and the recording of the album. But it's so upliftingly pleasant and upbeat, despite all of that. Like you watch it and you feel very enlivened afterwards. Like yeah, you know, life is good and being in a band's great. And like, like, like you said, attempt seeing Newstead attempting to sing a basketball over his head backwards whilst holding a bass. <laughs> is so fun and you've got yeah, you know yeah. kirk flinging ice cream at the cameraman yes, them yeah. sitting around looking at potential covers for what would become i love that the black album love that shot. and it's great to see that you know see moments like this that humanize the band especially because they have to inhabit the world of metal which is full of this horrible machismo angry scary mm. uh, visual palette that that isn't the band like anyone who's listened to joe rogan's podcast where james hit uh, hepford came on or watched any of their interviews you know that they're really nice guys yeah. all of them and it's cool to see that reflected in at least one of their music videos and it's it's just pleasant it's just it is, nice it is it is and like as someone who you know obviously i've read a lot of books about the band watched a lot of documentaries and stuff it is great to see them in the natural environment you see just little things like you see that all the porn around kirk like there's sort of just pictures <laughs> of naked babes and you know james rocking his frog and you see kirk as well talking to like a disabled veteran in some mall or something giving just him his, money yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's really it's really nice and everyone's rocking the devil horns as well and you know the whole thing is cuts it's interspersed we're seeing inside and i like that the only real elongated thing is right at the end when james has that you know one of the best guitar solos ever james does i love the ending guitar solo and i think what you were saying as well about the sort of hopeful nature of nothing else matters the bit of sweetness comes partly from that solo which is quite an uplifting solo it's not a very sort of resonant downbeat solo and you know we get james there at the end and sort of things fade in and out above him but he kind of stays centralized as the image and it, I don't know, if I was going to describe it in one way, I guess it's quite a warm video. There's quite yeah. a co- it's quite a cosy studio, isn't it? And it feels like they're very happy they're in their vein. 
Yeah, it doesn't have like an Abbey Road get back feeling to it. It's like it's like you know that the band are doing well despite what's going on. Is this the only video appearance of Bob Rock? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I may. I mean, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure all the other videos aren't in the studio. I mean, he he features heavily in the year and a half in in Life of Metallica as well. But yeah, you do see Bob, his old Canadian blonde mane in front of the mixing board. It's, it's good to see him. Yeah, he was he was a lot a lot younger than I than I thought. I thought he was going to be more of a a Phil Spector, George Martin yeah, type, no, of, I mean, older yeah. old, old, older guy. But yeah, it it's just cool, man. It's just a very cool video. It I mean, is. obviously, I mean. I think people would guess that we'd have less and less to say about the videos as we go on, but it's it's very fun to see that the band are making something that isn't meant to be taken wholly seriously. It's it's, it's just this is what we do, man. We we hang out just like you. We 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 goof around. We're not just writing all the time. We're not we're not a super serious band. We're not a band like Kasabian or Muse that kind of tries to fake this persona of these real working artists. There's a working class kind of wholesomeness to the to to, yeah. to, to the whole thing, and it's. It, I just, I just like seeing bands as humans, and yeah. they really come across as, as humans in this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They come across very, very well in this. It's, uh, it's. A, I, lo- I love the Nothing Else Matters video. You know, there's nothing too fancy about it. They're just capturing them, doing what they do. It's edited very well, and it's just put together very well. So um, we get to the next video, which again, you know, is is the classic sort of live touring band sort of video that you know mtv love to pump out they're quite cheap to make this is directed by Mm -hmm. wayne isham again who did the sandman video this was filmed in uh january 1992 san diego california and also while on tour during the northeastern uh portion in march 1992 it premiered in may 21st 1992 um what are your thoughts on this video Look, unfortunately, Tom, as we come to the last two music videos on this list, what's going to become very apparent indeed is that the amount of things we're going to have to draw upon to make conversation is, is going to become significantly yeah, less. Yeah, I mean, they're just, it's just footage, isn't it? There's no yeah. narrative, so it's just, it's just this, a song with you. This is a commercial product shifter like no <laughs> other. Like, I know earlier I was ranting about the obvious attempt to artistry from the band, from the music videos, but whether you think that, you know, those were successful or misguided attempts at art you can't fault them for trying now the thing with these next two is that they are more or less concert footage there's very little start or flair to them and that's disappointing really but in metallica's defense i'm not going to come down too harshly on them you know because i feel like they had very little to do with them Mm. you know with these last two videos it shows me that you know even metallica and their management didn't know how massive the black album was going to be and then they're kind of all, all of a sudden holy shit we need to kind of keep up the momentum of this real seller and what we get in the end you know kind of due to time constraints or a desire to maximize profits by not investing in in another one are essentially products that are kind of rather shamelessly just there to purely capitalize on the massive success of metallica the black album and obviously there was there's so much footage of the band at this point very beatles-esque again is that there was always possible booty to plunder like no other but i do see this as kind of the 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 transitional video between nothing else matters and sad but true in the sense that the former is entirely made up of suits of studio scenes and the latter is made up entirely of concert footage Mm. from the aptly named anywhere we may roam tour now, what we have with Anywhere I Roam is an amalgamation of the two, whereby we kind of have gig footage interspliced with footage of them getting ready for the tour, roaming, if you will, yeah, on the road yeah, yeah. as as they move from gig to gig. So it, it yeah, it's very, arg- very arg- arguably, 
I, the tour video makes sense for wherever I may roam because it literally oh, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Rather than Sad But True, which kind of, you know, but again, all of these songs, I think um, I think it'd have like Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi is a similar video to this where you're sort of seeing them go along and they're sort of, their slight weariness, but also the adventure. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, again, see I, yeah. I was going to say, um, it reminds me of another video from 1989, which was Paradise City by Guns yeah. N' Roses, yeah, which yeah. shares that kind of same large stadium we're going around aesthetic. But that was kind of, overall more joyous and entertaining sure. it might also be to do with the song as well yeah i can't help feeling though that a song like this especially one featuring that really intense heavy breakdown in the middle, like, no good vagabond mm. it deserves a better music video like yeah. um, I'm, I'm gonna get into this but like sad but true is more deserving of the live footage yeah yeah and i wish this one had a more fully constructed interesting music video like you know we have the standards we have sound checks we have fans head banging and, and Kirk signing a guy's head <laughs> yeah, yeah there um, is that you know yeah. but i think and, i think i think you know they were the biggest band in the world at this point um this has kind of been the third single from the album you've got to just sort of you know bang these stuff out so you know why not to a certain yeah, level but you know? weirdly though there was no music video for don't tread on me which was a single but it was only a radio single yeah wasn't it? yeah it wasn't an actual single single yeah so mm-hmm. it was uh yeah they didn't go with that but um yeah not too much to say i'm sure everyone's seen this video as well there's a nice bit where because a lot of the early section is lars on his drums they focus on that and there's a bit when lars is playing and they sort of fade to lars i think he's like pointing at a food platter or something but it looks like he's <laughs> drumming and it's just quite a nice little coincidence there i mean the song you know such a crushing song i love this song it's got such a commanding riff you see them in their private jets you see them driving i don't know if you notice sam at the end you see them in england because you can notice the sort of green motorway signs of the m6 you see like oh, marble yes. arch oh, yes. and Euston and i was like oh blighty you know um it's very nicely very reassuring but yeah it's a great it's a great video I, I i had a lot of fun watching this i love this sort of era of metallica as well when they were just like you know firing all cylinders biggest band in the world killing everything in their path in their wake um Definitely. it's good but i think i think sad but true which is our, our final video which mm-hmm. is more live focus it's a bit more of an experience isn't it there's a bit more of a, a raw energy to it now we move on to the last video of the day obviously and in terms of visual style it is for all intents and purposes in broad strokes almost exactly the same as the last video yeah though like i kind of briefly mentioned before this is a song that feels much more appropriate for the kind of live concert footage music type video experience because we really feel the kind of the power and the oomph and the heft mm. behind the badassery that is this song and it's a song that begs a live performance plus this is a song that is a staple of their live shows oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's in 99 percent of all of their shows it must be ever, ever, must ever, be, ever, yeah. ever since and what this video does, which again I'm 99% sure is why it exists in the first place, is that it really makes you want to go see Metallica. It's, it's an live. advert, isn't it? It's an advert yeah. for Metallica's live concert, and it does it well because there's there's moments where in the mosh pit during the guitar solo, there's a guy mm-hmm. like doing air guitar to it and stuff like that. And it's, <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah. It's showing the the stage at the Panopticon esque element, kind of the all angles. It's less an artistic bent. It's a good old fashioned live video, and fucking hell, Metallica, are, you know they still are incredible live. Band. I'm actually seeing them, and I think it's like five weeks. So is it, very, is, it, very soon. is it five weeks now? You must be really ex- oh, excited oh, now. Man. Yeah, uh, Alpha Metallic fans expect a lot of preview content. I'm going to record an episode the night I come back from the concert as well, reviewing it. But um, so, so there is going to be a, a gig review then, yeah? Oh, of course, of course. That has yeah, that has to. Be. Uh, by the way, any Alpha Metallic fans listening, if you're going to the Birmingham show October 30th, let me know. Let's hang out. You know, we can. Uh, we can discuss my famous flubs and all that sort of stuff and I'll, I'll sign <laughs> stuff for you and, and whatever. But no, in all seriousness, 
this song, yeah, I, again, I, I think you're right. It is just to come see us live, and why the fuck wouldn't you want to? They, they are monsters here. Mm-hmm. The one thing that stood out, stood out to me about this uh, video, Chance Hetfield has really thin legs. Right. I didn't, I didn't really... <laughs> I, I didn't realize how skinny he was. I could have seen him among this not like Schwarzenegger esque, but yeah. he's 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 a hefty bloke. But yeah, he's he, he was he was he was very kind of wrought and bendy. Mm, mm. But yeah, you know, there isn't much to you know, too much to say about about this one. If I'm totally honest, yes, the footage is shot well, and the live show with the lights and the pyrotechnics and whatever is is so well done. But it is a rush job, and it rests solely on the fact that the band is endlessly watchable in that live format. I mean, YouTube, like, the band couldn't have predicted YouTube, but if you're a, a Metallica fan now, you have got this endless resource of fantastic yep. live performances from, from from this band very much like a paul mccartney fan right. and it it is the prelude to that kind of era and it, it's only one song and it sells you that now obviously you have to watch a whole gig to be really truly solemn whether you want to go see see this band live but i don't feel like this is a snake oil salesman you, you, you know this like this is what you are going to see live these are the people you are are going to meet there mm-hmm. you are you are going to meet people shaking their manes back and forth and doing the devil sign and stuff and it's again it's very fun it's as fun as enter sandman but it, it's it's on the complete opposite spectrum of music videos um was this the song that kid rock stole for american badass by the way it, wa- it was actually it's funny you mentioned that because uh this is also the song that snoop dogg covers at the uh, metallica icon tribute which i need to send you after this you'd love that but yeah it is this is the song that he sampled quote unquote uh i hate that phrase sampling uh, but yeah so, and, and another question correct if i'm wrong the album comes out in 91 mm. the music video comes out in 92 but your single does it come out till ninety three? Right. Okay. So it seems like a very odd like release strategy indeed. And unless it was, it was one of those again reactionary things where they're just kind of bowled over by how well this album's doing, and they're going to see how much they can squeeze out of us with another single. Obviously, like, like I said, "Don't Tread on Me," which is possibly the worst song on the Black Album in terms of what I think. Okay. Um, it. But yeah. Um, they they got another fun music video. Out yeah, out. yeah. I think I think you know as we as we said a few times now, we're not going to go into the levels went with one and you know enter Sandman and stuff because because it's just not that depth there. It was just a fantastic live performance that's really fun. You know, Jason windmilling and just you know, <laughs> the you know Metallica just they're one of these bands. I watch so much of their live stuff. Like when the crowd are giving them, they're giving it back. Like you know they really are mm. sort of feeding off it and and you know it's a it's it's a really fun video. Like I don't looking back looking forward. Sorry, they don't really do another live video like this they always seem to be in a place perhaps even if one I've <laughs> on I disappear that I'm just looking at the thumbnail they're on top of like a crater or some shit um so yeah the, the less you say about it, the better but um I mean all in all Sam so we've gone through six videos what, what's your favorite that we've spoken about uh I uh, see one's the best but probably enter Sandman's my favorite yeah I mean on podcasts that we've done before whether it's Paul McCartney whether it's Tom Waits whatever we always talk about what's a good way to get someone into something. Mm. And the music video for Enter Sandman, I, you must have a stony heart indeed if you're not totally taken away by that music video and that you don't want to explore Metallica further. And it is just one of those in, in, in instances where everything just falls into the right place at the right time. And it's just this pop culture giant that is... Tr- like, okay, it's not Thriller, 
but it's better than 98% of things that are going on now. I mean, like like if Metallica did, did that now, they, they'd have to look at an iPhone to get the fucking thing funded. Yeah. It's mean dick now. They do. Unfortunately they do. But I mean, in in a sense, that's why YouTube exists. So we kind of, you know, it's a double edged sword, isn't it really? Got to be grateful Mm -hmm. on one end. But yeah, I agree. Actually, I think one, you know, compositionally, artistically is probably the most accomplished, but enter Sandman is the most visceral and enjoyable. And, you know, dear listeners, this is just part one. Um, me and Sam will be back for many, many editions. It looks like it's going to be maybe six, seven editions. The next it's edition... that many? Well, yeah, well, yeah. No, yeah. The latest album That's the is problem, all yeah. the videos. <laughs> it's yeah. all videos. So we're going to have to do two parts. So the next edition of our music videos, which I'm sure will be out soon, we're going to be going into kind of the reload load era. So we're doing Until It Sleeps, Hero of the Day, Mama Said, King Nothing, The Memory Remains, Unforgiven 2, and Fuel. So that's going to be fun. But um, Sam, I know you've been dying to talk about it. You have a Paul McCartney podcast, don't you? The interesting about Paul McCartney is that for his uh, Wings last release in 1979, um, Back to the Egg, they actually did uh, a music video for every single song on the album. So uh, Simpsons did it. Uh, Wings did it yeah. before Metallica did. But- and basically, my podcast is it's kind of the the sister podcast to Down in the Hole. Very similar format, a little bit more biographical. Mm-hmm. I go through everything Paul McCartney ever did. Every time he blew his nose, I talk about it on the podcast. Every album, every single song, every live performance from 1970 onwards, I cover. Also, like how you do on on, on, on this show, I have a lot of in, interesting guests. Everyone from actual members who are in Paul McCartney's band, authors, scholars, musicians, I have them on. And we just talk Paul McCartney to death. I mean, I've just made a Paul McCartney playlist for Danny, actually, our our good good friend. He he's he's a big fan of one of Paul's worst songs, No More Lonely Nights, which I'm I'm sure I'll uh, rip a new one at some point. Right. Well, I will be doing something very similar to this, where I'll be going through Paul McCartney's music videos. Unfortunately, they are a lot worse than this, right, as, yeah. as no one had faith in Paul McCartney as a musical en- en- entity after, say, 1973, after Band on the Run. Sure. But look, if you want to check out my podcast, if you want to check out uh, anything to do with Paul McCartney, look up Paul or Nothing. We're on iTunes. We're on all good pod, uh, podcast apps. If you just type in at McCartney Pod on Twitter and drop us an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. There's there's also a blog, which is Paul McCartney Pod on, uh, on WordPress as well. You can check out everything there. But, Tom, this has been really fun, man. Yeah, this, this, has, been, this has been great. And I yeah, just want to say the link uh, to all the Paul McCartney stuff will be in the description as well. So definitely mm-hmm. check it out. You know, it's a very, very good podcast. Obviously, me and Sam, if you enjoyed our conversation, we've probably i don't know how many hours did we do for for we did two days worth of tom Waits talk <laughs> yeah so we've got over 48 hours straight of us talking about tom Waits. so if you're a fan of tom Waits, and why the fuck aren't you if you're not he's the greatest ever he's way better than metallica and i love metallica but you know that's just me i'm sure i've angered a few people there but um no check that out check out down in the hole check out sam's thing check out all these videos comment below let us know if you enjoyed these what videos did you enjoy as well what videos do you like what videos don't you like patreon patreon.com forward slash alpha metallica metallica pod at gmail.com if you want to come on the show and dig into a song for me i pretty much i'm kind of second guessing myself because i'm not sure exactly when it's going to come out but i pretty much got everything up to like i think it's h now so anything beyond h if you want to discuss a song mm-hmm. let me know maybe you want to do into hardwired or harvester of sorrow i'm pretty sure those are available sorry if they're not i might double butt you but get in touch with me i'll let you know metallica pod at gmail.com um check out sam's podcast <laughs> i'm running out of breath here there's been so many good music videos here but sam this has been a joy man thank you bro i'm very disappointed that you've already booked of wolf and man because 
I'm yeah afraid. but yeah back to the meaning of life i suppose this has been a great ep- ep- episode man thank you for having me on for so much please guys check out paul or nothing but yeah tom big up alpha metallica this is a great podcast i listen to it every time it, it comes out you've got a great product and thank god i can listen to you without talking about battle rap because fuck knows you talk about battle rap far too much whenever we hang out and we're, we're like normally when we hang out it'll be you and me first because we're punctual and fucking on time yeah. even though even though I'm a massive stoner and whatever. And then the moment Danny comes, you will talk about Battle Rap for so long. <laughs> but then, luckily, if Ryan shows up, you'll talk about Alpha Metallica. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. I'm always talking about myself, is the point. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. In, uh, in, in in various guises. <laughs> but, um, uh, uh, no, everyone, thank, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you again. Um, we'll be back for volume two. I'm sure we'll be doing it soon. This is great. But yeah, everyone listening and Sam as well. Cheers.